In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 120. So think about album 12. Think about album 12. Okay. And I think it was like Nirvana or something. We're like, oh, this is fun. We've done it 10 times more since then. Guys, that's some simple math. I just did that in my head. Jackson thriller. Well, that's small oh, on the list. I guess yeah, our list was a little off. But as we've discussed, I, I was definitely dumped about two weeks after we recorded that when it was released. <laughs> oh, Vincent, don't laugh at that. That's terrible that you laugh at Russell getting dumped. Uh, let's do. Uh, we are up to one album, and we are up to album one twenty. And from nineteen seventy, it's Van Morrison with his second album on the list. Moon Dance, and you know, guys, growing up, Van Morrison. Van Morrison was actually big in my house. It was like too big. We eventually ended up getting with a minivan Morrison. Uh, it had, it only had three doors. You had to go in from the side. I never understood that. Like, I remember when they came out with a minivan that had doors on both sides. I was like, wait, what the fuck? You could just do that? Like, I thought it was illegal to have doors on both sides of a minivan. Then it's just on both sides. You're like, oh, that makes way more sense. That's much better idea. Yeah. Why, why do Dr. Minivan? My family may, or may not have bought our minivan. For the sole reason that there's two doors that just slide out and you don't have kids that are swinging doors open yeah. and knocking oh, yeah. things. That might bro? be the only reason. I mean, there's obviously more reasons, but well, that might have been the main reason yeah. that our family went out and bought a, a minivan. Is the other no. reason because you can put a disco ball in there? Ooh. <laughs> you can if you're at college and you want to just <laughs> hang out there. Maybe your roommate's sick of getting kicked out all the time because you're getting so much action. Ashtrays. Uh, so, listen. Guys, uh, let's get into it. Let's go. I actually, I don't have a recording from K-Rob this week. I, I let you guys down. I have to admit, it's my bad. No, but I did I did end up going to uh, uh, this club in Vegas. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. Uh, and the name is escaping me now. Wait, wait, what is the name again? You guys remember? Super Freako? Super Freako. Of course, I went to the club Super Freako. And I just want to say, I had my recorder on. Super I always like to Freako. record stuff. Uh, when I'm at a club, I sometimes just surreptitiously put a camera like on my shoe or whatever and walk around. But hey, here's the thing. I got this I got this audio <laughs> recording. Uh, and so let's just listen to it real quick. See what you guys think. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Super Freako. We've got Russell to the stage. Russell, quit yes. your grinning and drop your linen, Russell. Oh, yeah. Very jazzy. Well, Russell is in Las Vegas. Yes. And he's not hanging out with the guys. Oh. Doesn't want to do anything salacious. But his oh. traveling companion, he wants to surprise. <laughs> so he goes to the bar with the gambler. The place was called Super Freako. Yep. <laughs> a contortionist got on the table. Russ <laughs> and his friends both got an eyeful. <laughs> there was a sexy nurse <laughs> who started to prance. Yeah. But then Russell was shocked when they offered a lap dance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when they all got naked and had implants, he knew it was a strip club. <laughs> Russell said it wasn't a strip show, that it was classy and kind of an art. 
But when he stood up a to go, I guess all that class, well, it made him real hard. <laughs> if you go out to a bar and the women are all getting nude, you can say it was really tasteful, but I know you didn't just go for the food. Oh, it was a perfect crime, a day to farm. the group oh. show. But I think next time Rob should also get to go. It turns out Russell went to a place where the naked ladies dance. Next time he's out there, he'll bring his date out to the Bunny Ranch. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. Uh, my wife heard me singing that without the backing track, and she goes, that wasn't very good. I was like, well, thank you for your continued support. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm always impressed. I do. I, I, I would like to see those on YouTube, though. I think we need to see. That's the, that's the one part of the show that needs rubs. Rubs. better. Just parody songs. They're like, representation. Ah, yes, I love this song about this guy named Russell going to a bar named Super Freako. It makes perfect, perfect. sense to me. I mean, yeah. People listen to weirder stuff. I'm convinced this podcast is intentionally obtuse. Like we we do not want new people to start listening at all. Uh, actually, I put up an ad for one. I said, "Hey, this is a, a Cure episode. Really good." Somebody wrote on there, "Did not like all these guys' small talk." And I was like, "Well, first of all, it's my podcast. Didn't I make that clear?" Like, don't say that to me. <laughs> Second of all, what are you talking about? There's not that much. It's only the first hour. Uh, listen, we've got four guys here to discuss Van Morrison and Moon Dance, uh, and I've got Russell. In uh, Minnesota, Russell, how are you doing? Guys, quick advice. Has your foghorn ever blown before your partner was coming home? <laughs> no, come on. And when that happens, technically, does that count as a moon dance? A fantabulous <laughs> night of romance? <laughs> <laughs> why, does, why does our bedroom smell like mulch? Huh? You do the fake like you just woke up? Huh? What? Oh, my God. Oh, what are you doing here? Huh? And now that I have kids, you oh, realize like... You're like, oh, my parents busted me so many times because I'm like, <laughs> like my kids will lie to me. And I'm like, oh, no, you're wait, what? Oh, what happened? Oh, I, uh, I forgot. Like, oh, you're terrible. You're terrible at this. Uh, I got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Rob. Ready for Van Morrison to rock your gypsy souls. I'm ready to listen to a little moon dance. Oh, this dance. album. This was so good. I got to say, Russell, thank you so much, though, for calling it a foghorn. I do appreciate that. It's uh, yep. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a small horn can't hey, think when of my one right horn blows. It's, it's like the opposite of custer <laughs> little little horn anyway listen, guys, i got aaron out in california aaron aaron just was talking about how he built a uh, a modest lake in his backyard a modest lake yeah he said he built a koi pond koi pond mm, modest lake. Mm, that pond just doesn't want you to know what it's thinking it's a little mm, pretty salacious a little hint. hey it's a marvelous night for a podcast let's talk about van morrison nice oh, shit that Word. was better than my song god damn it Aaron, i'm really mad <laughs> listen song for you guys listen this is going to be i just want to announce right now we need to work at this this is going to be a clean episode okay this is clean. going to be a clean episode clean yep episode so you know what kind of voicemail is coming up when I make a statement like that. <laughs> it's probably about anus. I heard the Rod Stewart rumor, but I heard it differently. I heard it was one of the new kids on the block who had to have his stomach pumped due to too much semen. My recollection is that it was whatever Wahlberg was in the grope. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> okay. Grope? What the fuck? What Do they not have a clip Bucks? of Joe Buck 
saying semen that they can pull that noise that word from like semen. I, semen? Although I, do, I, I think we should call it semen. It's, it sounds more medical. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, so first of all, when you say that you've heard the Rod Stewart rumor now, of course, I mentioned that Rod Stewart, uh, the rumor was that he had to have his stomach pumped because of a bunch of sailors. And I said, please call in. We got so many calls. Okay. I don't want to play the other ones because that was a actually the least explicit so, right? one. What's that? A dozen. Oh, I dozens for Baker's sure. Dozen. Yeah. Oh, easily bakers and bakers of dozens. I will say though, that when you say I've heard the Rod Stewart rumor, but it was about, uh, the Wahlberg guy that is not hearing the Rod Stewart rumor. Like that is, that is a different rumor. You can't just take that rumor and apply it to whoever you want and say, oh yeah, I heard that rumor. So, uh, it was nice, that, but I actually, I, I did some research on this, uh, not on a work computer. I was typing away. I was like Rod Stewart, Semin rumor. What's going on with this thing? And Katie Couric actually asked him about it on a show. No. Yes. What? On a talk show, Katie Kirk goes, hey, Whoa. you know that rumor? And he's like, the salmon one. Hmm? <laughs> um, and he said, yeah, I had a publicist who, or a manager that I fired. And so he just started that rumor and it literally just kept with me my entire life. He's like, it, he's like, and he said, I'm as heterosexual as they come, which makes me suspicious that he, that rumor is actually mm -hmm. true when you say stuff like that, but, uh, I heard that yeah. rumor, I heard the Rod Stewart rumor about it was about Halloween candy this year. It was like parents are horrified to yeah. find what's inside their kids. Halloween candy. <laughs> what? I, I was putting so many needles inside the Halloween candy we were giving out. <laughs> just like there's, there's semen and all this rainbow fentanyl that they're handing out. It's terrible. <laughs> Whatever happened to just good old fashioned razor blades, right? <laughs> I, can you imagine checking your kids candy? No, I, I check it by eating it. Yeah, like, oh, that one, that one was oh, fun. I'm going to sit down and look at all his candy. So you're smashing, like, you take a Three Musketeers, right? You smash it up and you go, up, oh, no needle. And then you give it to your kid and you're like, okay, here. It's like, it's kind of like the baby bird style of eating, right? Where you take it all, you chew it, then you spit it out and the kid gets to eat it. <laughs> and and if, you if you did find a needle in one, it's not like you're going to toss the whole rest of the, ba yeah. the rest of the case over it, it right? You, if anything, you found away. the needle and you're safe now. You're good. If yeah. Any, yeah. If anything, you're done checking. Like, there's no way. Way that you're going to find multiple needles in your kid's Halloween candy, please. And plus, I got to say, if my kid was like, I think I ate a needle, I'd be like, mm, that actually makes sense knowing you and all the stuff you've done. Like, this is the same kid who got like a toy car, immediately put it in her hair and ran the wheels and like it sucked up all her oh, hair. That's not good at all. No, no. Oh, and you, you just have to cut it out. I don't know. I mean, does anybody actually, Matt, did you ever check your kid's candy? Like, was that ever a oh, thought yes, in your head? Dude. No. What? No. Oh, come on. Russell, that's like, that's like the same thing. Like, yeah, there's kids that have, uh, they dress up like cats and they've got litter boxes in the mm -hmm. bathroom. It's the same damn thing. Like nobody does that. It's I've been what? checking yeah. the candy twice a day. I eat one Snickers in the morning and one Milky Way at night. There you and go. that's it. That's my check. This, I, this is a weird. This is so weird that you guys bring this up because in my bathroom litter box, I saw a big Three Musketeers today. <laughs> With a syringe so, in it. <laughs> yeah. And, but there, I tried it out. There's no needle in it. So, so so is this like a stunt parents have been pulling forever where you lie about the potential of razor blades or mm -hmm. needles or drugs in the candy just so you can eat like a mini Snickers bar? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I got a friend. I got a friend who did one better. Wallace is a classmate who has like a legitimate peanut allergy. And so her dad was like, oh, yeah, tonight more stuff's going to have nuts in it than it usually would. He's just, he's like, I'm just going to tell her like, Oh no, that one's got nuts. You can't eat that. That one's mine. Oh, that's just cruel. <laughs> no, you got to let, you got to let what do what I did with my kids, which is let them eat anything they want. And then they get extraordinarily sick multiple days in a row. Like they ate candy until <laughs> they were sick multiple days. And like the third day I was like, you really don't get what's going on here. Like I told you, do not eat so much candy. They're like, Oh, I'm, I can't understand why I'm sick. I'm like, Hmm, it's so weird that you're related to me. I 
It's weird. They talk like Eddie Vedder, too. It's so strange. Me, a guy who is famously... Said, I got a three musketeer and find a better man. Can't find a butterfinger. Those are some great nonsense syllables, Matt. Wait, yeah. I gotta go work on a new parody song before. Listen, I um my kid getting sick for the third time, and then she looks at the digital picture frame, and it's that picture of me at that bachelor party drinking the whiskey and then throwing up and then drinking more whiskey and throwing up and then drinking more whiskey until <laughs> I don't throw up. She's like, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> That's so weird that my kids like this. It's, it's so strange. Listen, guys, we don't have time to talk about me. That was an impressive rally, Rob. Let's get into rolling going. Yeah, my kid thought so too. It's, You're so cool, it's, Dad. It's, it's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling going. going. How's it going? Oh, uh, rolling yeah. going. Rosie, how's it going with you? It's going great. I almost missed the show tonight because right before we got on, I found an article that was a deep dive into bass clarinet samples in hip hop. This is by yep. Chris. Oh Robin. no, Chris missing the show. Not bad. <laughs> Anything but bad. I, <laughs> so I almost didn't make. It. I was like, guys, I can't. I've got to. I I can't do this. I need to be. You know, deep dive clarinet deep diving bass clarinet. So what's bass, one bass song? Clarinet. Okay. Give me a song now. Now I have to say I don't know yet because I got on the podcast. I don't know yet. <laughs> the woman I dated. So your deep dive involved not doing anything. That is a deep My dive. My deep dive involved. So you got through the first paragraph. Yeah, it like, involved stopping the deep dive so that I could join you guys on this. <laughs> How many times are you going to say podcast? deep anything around Rob? You guys know I warned Rob about his phrase <laughs> deep whatever last yep. time, but now you just keep baiting him here. But no, because no. like this this guy's whole thing was like, well, I thought I would have found a lot more bass clarinet samples in the they're actually hard to find, and uh, I, I happen to I happen to love the bass clarinet. I love uh, Eric Dolphy. Um, yeah. My favorite bass clarinet song of all time is Eric Dolphy's "It's Magic" off of his Far Cry album with Booker Little. Uh, love that one. Um, I think is it. Benny How about M- this, try, try "Wow" by Post Malone. That's somebody the kids listen to. Did I get some, did I get some bass clarinet on there. Well, it says. Let's see. I, 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 I hope right now that Matt is just reading the article Aaron was going to read and listing <laughs> off the songs. On oh, the yeah. Listen to this. Is that a bass clarinet? Oh, yeah. It could be. Can you explain to me, Post Malone? I don't. He is unbelievably talented. He started out as like a rock musician, turned into this guy who's got face tattoos. But then have you seen like all these covers he did? Like for charity during COVID, he just did nothing but Nirvana covers. Him, yeah. Travis Barker, and some yes. other guy. And yes. it was the greatest oh, yeah. thing in the world. Yep. Stuff, it was right? unbelievable. Yeah, you I always thought that. he was more effective running the wing or shooting jumpers from the elbow. Yeah, the mailman. And, and don't look into what he's been up to lately. It's he fine. hasn't been that good yeah, since, <laughs> since uh, yeah. Stockton left him. Yeah, he's kind he's, of mid, mid post Malone. So yeah, I was I was hopeful to find some uh, some Benny Mopan or Eric Dolphy solos, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out after the podcast. Can I can I just interrupt you right now, Aaron? Thank yeah, you. Um, so here's the deal: is that I have to admit something. The girl I dated in high school was a bass clarinet player. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. So that he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see Russell's laughing. That is correct. That is the correct response. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, that segues directly into the other thing I heard this week on the radio. There was a um, it was a studio show on the jazz radio station. Had a, I think the guy's name was Jason Marshall. I might get this wrong. He was a baritone saxophonist, 
And as they were signing well, off, what? he was talking That's about a big word. He was talking about all of the stuff, he's, music he's got coming out, and the just wait. And the host of the show was like, "Yeah, that's great, man. That sounds wonderful. You know, everyone check this man out." And he said, "Keep that reed wet." <laughs> <laughs> Today I learned that it's called a saxophonist. What is it? What did you say? What was the word that you? Uh, we can just bring little little Rosie back on if we're going to pedal filth the whole time. Yeah, saxophonist. I mean, this is the clean I, episode. I already know. He, he said, "Hey, man, like appreciate you. Appreciate all the music. You keep that reed wet." So hopefully. Rob, that's mm. what's going on with your bass clarinet girlfriend. Maybe. I heard that too. I watched a YouTube video with this Riley Reed. I would recommend looking her up. I think she's a uh, professor of something. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask when, when you when you're a kid and they're like proposing as like the third grader, you're going to pay the play the bass clarinet. A yeah. parent has to stand up for their kid yep. at that point. Like I remember when I was a kid and I like I was in between. They were suggesting I play the baritone because no one wanted to play the baritone, and I was I was like, no, I don't want to play the baritone. No one wants no. to play that. So, like, as a parent, if your kid gets suggested, like, a terrible instrument, don't you have to stand up and put your foot down and say no? You Sorry are, if one of your kids play the bass you clarinet. Are, you are putting way more thought into parenting than I have in the last five years. I will say that. Like, if my kid came home and was like, I'm playing an instrument, I'd be like, great. That's it. That's the end of the conversation. <laughs> like, there's no reason. They're not going to. I know my kids. They're not going to be playing it for a long time. They're going to do. But don't certain instruments give you bad social credibility as a kid? Oh, yeah. Like, if. Like if your kid, if your daughter came home and she was dating a French horn player, come on, right. that tiny little embouchure, please. That tiny little embouchure is not going to fit in with our family here. Also dated a French horn player in high school. Should tell you. There's there's a portion of most uh, what your kids do that you realize like they're not going to be a professional bass clarinetist, right? So it's like if they want have any interest at all in doing something, and they just hey. Let the, ride that wave yep. for four years until they get sick of it and be done with it. There's, there's a little bit of that too, Russell, that just pops in. Like, sure. you know, you can't make everybody be the starting point guard on the basketball team, right? And so if they want to be the third shooter that comes off the bench and just wants to be on the team and play, that's great. And that's what I think the uh, the base clarinetists is. They're like the fourth person off the bench on the basketball team, right? <laughs> Let's face it. They're the equipment manager. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> Russell, what instrument would you want your kid to play where you're like, hell yeah, my kid's cool as shit. Like you want this instrument in their senior pictures. You know what I mean? Like they're, I don't know. I think oh, there's probably, there's probably gender stereotypes here that I don't want to go into in terms of playing instruments. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's, I think it's hard to answer that, but like if you're a kid and let's say the medium is whatever instrument you want to pick. Like a trumpet is a fun instrument, a saxophone, a fun instrument. If you could, I think there, those are fun ones, but like <laughs> the tuba, like is immediately going to like a bigger guy. Like you're, yeah. you're not the cool kid. You're not having fun in high school. If you're the tuba player, right? No, no, you're certainly not. If no. you're the baritone player, you're not, you're not even, you're not even big enough to carry the tuba. You've got to play the smaller, the baritone. <laughs> this is when I know Russell was never on a marching band bus. I now, the tubas were having fun, I promise you, where I went to school. Those guys were doing fine. <laughs> just think of their size of their balls. I mean, we've talked about this oh, before. God. You know they have huge balls. But what do you guys think? Are there instruments on the upper, on the, the credibility, social cred scale that are higher than others? I've got one that's going to beat all of yours, so I'm going to wait okay. till the end. I think... That anything in the percussion side of things, because when you get older, then you're the drummer in the band and every band needs a drummer. Right. And if you can get that bass, coach Patrick taught me that all of the good drummers that have ever 
played in great rock and roll bands, started out in marching band or some sort of band where they were, you know, yeah. on the, on the drum core or whatever they call it, the drum line, you know, things like that. So this, I think, you know, we've talked about this for years. Would you rather be the pro athlete or be in a band forever? And I'm changing my tune, man. I think any high school cred you got from being on some sort of sports team is just gets blown away by being a drummer in a band when you're in your thirties or your forties up there rocking out sure. when everybody like else it. is just I wearing like cowboy hats and polos like I am to, to concerts while watching them. I, I think that's a great point, man. Cause I do think having a percussionist at home, they just have a block and some sticks and they can practice whenever they want. And it's not going to like break your brain. Right. I mean, you're not going to get mm -hmm. a full drum kit at home, but I am going to warn you at some point that percussionist kid, they're going to be playing like the triangle in a song. They're going to rotate over to the triangle and you're going to sit there and be like, oh, which kid is yours? And it's like, oh, that one back there. It's going to be like, ding. And it's like, I, louder, I can't hear you. Don't you care? Like that's, that's important. That's the problem with the percussionist. You think it's going to be like drumline and, and instead they're playing like the chimes in the back. I think the tenor, obviously you guys know me. I, I'm going to say the tenor sax is the coolest instrument of all time because oh, that's no. John Coltrane, Pharaoh Sanders, Albert mm -hmm. Ayler, Sonny Rollins. I think that's the coolest, but I actually do. We have a piano in the house and I really want, and my son has just started to express interest in learning how to play the piano. And I mean, if you can play the fucking piano, you're yep. set, man. Like I really, do I don't want to push anything on him, but if he was, if he's really interested in learning, I think that is a, that's cool as shit. So I'm hopeful that he'll do that one. Mm. Interesting. Yep. You can go from that and, and absolutely play anything. So Aaron's kid in the marching band would be playing the piano. So yeah. apparently he's driving around on a truck. He's it's like, like baby grand. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they wheel him out there like Elton John with like the grand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what is that? Can't you, isn't there like a walking xylophone? Like you oh, put it yeah, over your yeah. back. And so then it's kind of like the piano and the, and the but, drums at the same time, yeah, but just yeah. glockenspiel or whatever. <laughs> Russell, we've done a couple, we've done a couple uh, instruments in the past. But yeah. isn't that kind of the equivalent of when you see like the piccolo players in the marching band, you're like, Hey, everybody knows nobody can hear what you're playing. Don't even bother. Don't, don't yeah. act like everybody can hear what you're doing. Nobody can hear a thing you're playing. You do not count guys. The correct answer is, your kid is a bass player in the jazz band. Your kid is back there slapping the bass in the jazz slapping band. They're the keeping bass. that rhythm going just like on a marvelous night for a moon dance. Everybody's like, wow, that kid is cool as hell. And your kid's back there. Boom, 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 Cecil boom, McBee, boom, Jimmy boom. Garrison, Paul Chambers. That is the coolest kid in the band is the bass player. Not normally Glad something you think about. That. And the, se the, the second coolest is the Mr. Bass Band who just makes bass noises. Remember last week's list, Mr. Bass Band? Mr. I'm the bass man. Art Davis, Ron Carter. Don't we miss any. Christian McBride. All right. Rolling going. How's it rolling going with Matt? Good. I, Rob, get it ready. Get it ready. I took a trip. I went to Nashville, Tennessee. Flight? No, wait. Not this one. We're not doing this one. Sorry. Oh, it's what? time. How many versions you got? Gotta get the red right one. Oh, yeah. This is the rocking version. This is the helmet one, right? right. I'm not gonna lie. These, these are the stories that I, that I like. The meat of my story. I was just, I, I, I put it in my little that. thing. Hold on. Flying tonight! <laughs> and I did not edit the delay there, folks. Yeah. The, the meat of my. <laughs> that's good. The meat of my story. This guy did this thing, and all I could think for like the next hour was, "All right, because yes. I just knew I was going to talk about it on the pod, so it was good." It just breaks um, your brain. But went to Nashville. Some some fun things in Nashville. You know, went there for work, but ended up going to like a hockey game just because there was a hockey game the night we were there. So bought ten dollar uh, tickets to 
uh, standing room only, basically, right? And wow. I have learned dollars. Yeah, I mean, so it's great. So it's basically like get in, and then just they just want you to buy beer and nachos and everything. Yeah. But okay, I've learned, and here's the trick, Russell. And I want okay. you to learn this trick. A okay? ticket trick. Let me get my notes. A ticket trick. If you get Ticketmaster, what that trick? and you have or or any Big sort of fan. app, right? Yeah, going on, going great, right? Yeah, now. this is like, yeah. My kid definitely <laughs> has cried a couple of days about this. It's yeah. going fine. And so you can see which seats aren't sold, right? So you can see, you can go to section 121, row J, seats one through six aren't sold because wow. they still have tickets oh, available. You're scouting out Jesus. empty seats. And so then you can see which seats aren't there. And you, so you can get some pretty good seats if you're standing room only. Or you could go there with pretty good confidence that nobody's going to come and kick you out of those seats. Mm. You are a modern day evil Knievel. I said the other podcast that daredevils are dead. You are a daredevil. My heart rate would be flying if I was just sitting in a seat that wasn't mine. Oh but my okay. God. I can't but what imagine. Matt's saying is he's scouting it out till he's looking at the app and saying no one's bought the ticket. He doesn't even have to worry. <sighs> yeah. So you don't worry because you can still look. You can still matter. look at tickets. You're sitting in the seats. You can see. So I Stress. did that. We went to section whatever it was. It was kind of, you know, mid dot on one side of the ice. It was the other side. It was on the penalty is box. This lower sides. level. Lower level, yep. And no ushers. You get around the ushers somehow. Yeah, because all of these places Raymond. that have these standing room only, they get it, right? So it's not like they're checking. They understand, and they'll come up and tell you, hey, you know, and you say, oh, I got a standing room only ticket, and everybody understands if you got a standing room only ticket. No big deal. I think it helps, too, if you're not a total dick, right? Like, if you're just a right. normal person, it's, they'll take it. Because I know that you told me earlier life. that when you did this, you, an usher stopped you. And you said, hey, can I take this seat? You know, I know nobody's sitting there. And he goes, yeah. yeah. And it yeah, turns out yeah, it was yeah. Raymond Usher. Okay, Usher Raymond. Usher Raymond. <laughs> Usher Raymond is what I just called him. So we're going to move on. All right. So then, yeah, I don't want to take forever on this. So so I'm look, I'm sitting in section 121. It's across from the benches, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm looking across the other way. And I can see right next to the visitor's bench, row two, seats right on the glass next to the bench. And and. There's two seats sitting there, right? And I can see for the first 10 minutes of the game, nobody's sitting there. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm with the person. I'm like, hey. You're upgrading over your upgrade here. Jesus. I'm like, let's, let's, you want to go try it? And yeah. she's like, yep, let's go. You know, so walk over there, get two beers while we're, while we're up and at them. And we go and we sit there and didn't get bothered for a period and a half, Russell. We did wow. not get bothered. Success. Not one Perfect. iota. And we're right next to the bench and you can hear everything. You can see everything. And it is unbelievable. So just live in the high life for 10, you know, 10 bucks. Ah, Got row two seats right next to the, and then, so then of course, next you know, time I'm that like, happens, well, geez. Matt, can you, can you please text me so I can find a stream of that game and try to see you on the screen? That would yeah. fill me with so much joy. For sure. For sure. And so then, you know, of course we get through first period ends about five minutes is going into the second period. And then two nice ladies come up and just say, Oh, well you're in our seats, you know, good. See, this makes it all not work. And it's like, and it's, and so, I mean, like you're never going to see any of those people ever again in the history of your life. And I probably will never go to Nashville to see a hockey game, you know, ever again. I mean, who knows? Probably, but I'm never going to go sit right next to the bench row two ever again. So why do I care if somebody, somebody tells me to get out of their seats? It's just like, just, just because I'm never going to see Rob again, doesn't mean I should throw shit on his sweatshirt or whatever happened to him last week. Right? Like (laughs) just because you won't see someone again, doesn't mean you should take advantage of their How far away did you move, Matt? 
Well, then by that time, I'd, I'd seen a period and a half for 10 bucks. And it's like, well, let's go out and listen to some more cover bands, drink more beer. Like, why do I need oh to God. see more hockey? Jeez, you know, they got the hockey game guy. on at the bars. So why, why, why am I going to waste time inside of a hockey arena when I'm on what you, Broadway? Matt, what are you doing here hanging out with us? You got life figured out. You don't, don't waste yeah. your time with schmucks like us. Yeah. <laughs> listen to your story. I realize I think I'm going to get a divorce. I think this is what I need to do. This Wait sounds awesome. Jesus. Just going to games that go to a band and be like, I don't care about anything anymore. This yeah. is great. Oh my God. So that was, so I, I should have said that. Well, that was the main point. It's like, just keep upgrading. If we get kicked out or something, I'm not going to go sit in the upper deck or go back to like my road JC. We'll just go to the bar. You know, mm. there's so much, there's so much going on. You know this. Okay. So the other thing that happened was. I, I will complete, say, Matt, though, I think yeah. the women that you took their seats, they were a little, when they got up. When you got up and left and then they sat down and they realized around their feet was just like three nacho cups with cheese still in it that you had just left there. You're like, nah, sorry. It's a- <laughs> yeah. I will say the nachos there, they had an option. So you, you buy nachos. Yes. This is, I've never seen this. And this they've got the two for. cups for one's supposed to be for cheese and one's supposed to be for salsa. And so they asked, mm. do you want cheese and salsa? And I said, no, just cheese. No jalapenos. And so they filled both up with cheese. Double. Both of the, oh, this was wow. like double cheese. cheese. So I had way more cheese than, I, you know, you're always running out of cheese when you got yep. nachos. You're yep. always down to the last three or four chips. You're, you're having to start uh, being right. a little bit more judicious so with what's going on. So, so it's pretty good. Chips. Second thing that happened, we stayed at a place called the Moxie, which is right I around where the corner. where that's at. Right across from the Here, Johnny Cash. And it is about the best located hotel down there, I think. Yeah you could get to, and they've got live music playing in a bar, right? It's an awesome hotel. If anybody needs a recommendation, it's great. So the, the but the highlight of my trip was in the airport as it always is. Jesus. And I think, and I don't think we've talked about this kind of person before in the airport, but, and rarely am I there at the time where I can experience this. Cause usually, as you guys know, I'm trying to, I, I want to get to the, I want to get on that flight as it's, as the door is closing. I you're, don't want to be sitting ninth. around waiting around. You're hitting but ninth. Evil yeah. can evil. So we're, we're sitting there because we got, I had to do a phone call in the airport. It was scheduled. So then all of a sudden we've got like 45 minutes before the flight's going. So I'm sitting there just typing in the computer and all of a sudden there's some jackass who's out in the middle of the hallway and he's got his earbuds in and he decides that this is the spot where he's going to have his new sales meeting for the next 15 oh, minutes. Yes. And he is yes. shouting. He has no idea oh, no. he's shouting, right? And he's moving his hands and he's walking back and forth. He has no idea that there are 500 other people at six gates at the, like, it's mm-hmm. one of those dead end ones where that, you know, mm-hmm. and he is just shouting. To the point where everybody is just staring at him. And I'm like, I cannot believe this. And I can't focus because I go ahead. Do you, do you have any idea? This is what I always do with these people. Do you have any idea what his job was? How detailed can you get with his job? Like what was he selling? What was was he doing? I I was trying to figure it out. And he had all of the, he had all the lingo down, you know, we're going to workshop that and we'll put a pin in it. And you know, all the, all of those cliches that went, but the best part of it was there was. I mean, there's a large number of, you know, cowboys, whether they're real or they're fake or they're, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of in between from there that are walking up and down that airport. After about 15 minutes, when that guy finally got off his phone call, three guys just started clapping. They just started clapping. (laughs) And And the guy still had no idea. What was going on? But I am laughing my ass off because this guy, I mean, and then what are you going to do, right? I mean, you're going to go up to a guy and be like, shut the fuck up. Yep. Nobody cares. You are not that important. You know, like you just don't do that. Right. But at the same time, like, how are you that dense that you don't understand? I, 
Oh, how you sound? That, I mean, are you surprised at all? Like, no, it's something about airports. Not at all. Something about yeah, airports uh, where people are like, "Fuck this! This is not society. I can do whatever I want. I can, I, I mean, can maybe, go wherever I want. I can, I can go wash myself in the bathroom." It's like, what? How long is this flight? <laughs> maybe it's his very first business trip or something. But like, no, haven't we see, all see, learned at this problem. point? You can't take a call in the airport. It's impossible because, like, it's and if you're ever on the other end of the line where someone's doing a call in the airport, you're just like. Just take your fucking day of PTO. I don't want to hear the is, boarding call behind you. Well, like, this is rich coming shit. from Aaron, by the way. I just want to point God that out. Damn. Real rich. <laughs> no, and, you know, they, they've got all the speakers going off. You know, if you've left your wallet back at <laughs> yeah. the gate, please come back. Yeah, and they're like, oh, sorry, I'm at the airport. Please come back. To, you airport, know, and it's so loud. Going? And like, so it is the worst. Take the but, you day know, off, the, I've been I've been traveling enough now, you know, to know that there's, there's a crowd, right? I mean, you, you can just pick these guys out. And I'm probably one of them. That's why I try not to look like one of them. You know, they've got their, they got their nice jeans on and their brown shoes and some sort of like blue shirt and like a blue sport coat. Right. And they've got their earbuds in and, you know, they're just walking up and they've got the, they've got the roller thing and then they've got their backpack and they're just set to go. And these guys travel all the time. Right. And it's like, I just don't get why you think you're that important. So I don't know, it was, but it was just, it was unbelievable. And the best part of it was, is these three cowboys just started clapping, but then this guy didn't yes. even understand what he was going you know on. What, so. You know what you should do is airdrop him a picture that says like, shut the fuck up. And then he'll look yeah, at the airdrop. Be hilarious. Like, oh, I think that'd be that would bit. be hilarious. So that was my role. That was my rolling going. Russell rolling going. How's it going with you? Rolling going. Things are going good. I, I did not travel anywhere this week. I actually stayed in Minneapolis and I went out with a few cousins of mine and we went to a oh, place no. called. Is that what we're calling them now? Oh. Cousins. This is getting weird. Kirko? Did you go with Kirko? <laughs> Kirko Chains? A few cousins. <laughs> he kind of went like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, a it's a cousin. It's a cousin. It's like, oh, that's a weird <laughs> oh, twist. That's, mm, different joke. We went to a place My called Second, Rose. third. I mean, first cousin's not allowed. Second, third, man. It's allowed in majority of states. Yeah. Just to let you know. Yeah. I can list them off for you. And there's, there's no reason why. Okay. <laughs> Have I ever got, oh, I don't know if I can take this one back. I'll just ask it now anyways. Well, have I ever asked you guys about the cousin of the cousin? Is that a, is that fair game or not? Have we ever talked about cousin that? Of the cousin. God, Russell, we talk about this every episode. You bring up so, the cousin of the cousin. So let's let's say you were at like a Rob wedding or, or a party. <laughs> and it was out, your yeah. cousin's wedding. Let's say it's your cousin's wedding. Yeah, pretty erotic. And yeah. they have a cousin on the other side of the family, not blood related at all. Other yeah, side of the fine. family. No blood. It's so your cousin's cousin. Yeah. Is yeah. your cousin's cousin yes. off Get game? Or, or is it game on from a dating game perspective? On. You're game on. All good. Is it the, the Russell's family tree is going to like go like, it's like a dream catcher. It just goes out and then comes back <laughs> in at the end and catches itself. <laughs> <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts? Cousin's Great. cousin you're gonna off save limits it. or on limits? Think of all the money you're going to save at the wedding, Russell. You're only going to have one side of the wedding. You're going to invite half the people. Everybody's going to know each other. This is a brilliant There's no idea. blood relation. It's all yeah. good. All good. Yeah, I think yeah. so for sure. I, I think it's, it's fine, yeah. If anything, honestly, hot. Because you have a cousin in common. I mean, that's pretty hot. I think he's like, Ooh, you got a cousin. I got a cousin. We got the same cousin, but we're still, you know, having sex is what I'm referring to. To my cousin, to to my cousin who listens to this, this is not on your side of the family. Oh. So don't worry. It's one of those great things we'll miss when Twitter is gone. Is uh, there were there were people who would do searches for hot cousin on the holidays and just and just repost all the tweets of people being like, "Why is my cousin so hot?" I don't know if this is right, but I think my cousin is hot. <laughs> what Twitters are you following? <laughs> I was nodding, but now I'm like, yeah, Aaron, you know what? 
yeah. it was a guy who was, he went by Mobut on Twitter and he was Jeb Lund and he would do like he would just like search for people posting these and repost them like I used to do that bit in my classroom all the time where I'd be like well we all know we have that one attractive cousin and then one year somebody goes oh yeah and everybody turned and looked at him and I was like mm, I need to stop doing this bit I think I just destroyed this kid's life whereas this year I just told the kids and these are seventh graders I said yeah, it's like when you take a mirror and then you draw long hair in it and then you kiss it to see what it's look like to kiss a female version of yourself. And then I'm like, but I've never done that. Like, that's so weird, right? That's not cool. That's you guys think it's cool. And they're like, what's going on? It was like my weird, like podcast bleeding into my professional life. Like not, not the proudest moment, not where I would want to get reviewed for sure. But yeah, Russell, you should fuck your cousin's cousin. We've been waiting for this podcast to get discovered by people at your school. Mm-hmm. And that's not happening. So really what's, what's happening now is your podcast persona, because it's just a character. It's just a right? character. Right? I'm not like this. It's bleeding into your teaching. So that's going to get you yeah. fired. And then you can just go do this full time. Yeah, so, real okay. Rob. So it is coming around. Actual Rob does not think cousin, cousin action is hot. Okay. Not cool. Don't do it. Podcast, Rob. I'm searching. <laughs> I'll tell you guys what I'm doing on Twitter right after this. To be clear, it was cousin of cousin, not cousin nice. and cousin. There's a major difference there. So how did, but how did it go for you, Russell? Yeah. How hot was it? <laughs> On a scale of cousin or cousin, how hot was it? The discussion I want to have is how I went out with my cousins in a non- um, yes. West Virginia-style manner. Okay. We just went out as friends. Yeah. Hey, guys, I know we're cousins, but tonight- we're just friends. Okay. We're just friends. <laughs> I don't want this to get weird. I know we're cousins, but tonight we're friends. They'd be like, what? You'd be like, you know what I'm talking about. We're just friends. This is a platonic cousinship. <laughs> we, went cousin out to, zone. we went out to a place called punch bowl social. Have you guys ever been there yeah, before? It's fine. <laughs> yep. The cousin zone. <laughs> I got put in the cousin zone. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, man. I'm listening to you guys sometimes. So I went to this place called Punchbowl Social. It's kind of almost like an not an adult arcade, but they've got all sorts of games in there, right? So they've got um, he's back at the one strip West club. End. Am I thinking of the right one? Is yeah, it's, West it's, End? it's okay. the West End. They've got okay. bar, but it's they've got skee ball, karaoke, darts, bowling, yeah. like all sorts of games. Some arcade games, but there were two games that we ended up playing. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on them. The first one was Big Kissing Jenga. Booth. Have you guys ever played yeah. the Big Jenga before? No. What are your thoughts on Big Jenga as an adult game? I think Big Jenga is fun at the bar because everybody's watching. It's kind of high stakes. Big Jenga, by the way, Rosie, is think about a Jenga block, but it's like the size of your penis. I mean, it's pretty big, right? And you're <laughs> trying to pull them out, right? And you're trying to pull them out, and the, but they're huge. So when it falls, it's like dangerous. Like you have to kind of jump away. That's... That's big Jenga. I don't know why I explained big Jenga. Loud. The whole bar hears it when, when, yeah. when someone knocks it over, it becomes apparent to everyone in the bar that it just happened. It's like All Jenga, right. but bigger. I don't know if I, I probably need to explain it more. Actually, big Jenga is like big. It's like Jenga, but it's like magnified. We're, it's bigger. We're going for a three hour episode. On a, on <laughs> don't do that to me. Don't blame me. That was a good bit. So the one thing I was going to ask you guys is, isn't it weird how like when you get older, you still argue with with your friends or cousins and cousins of cousins about like stupid game rules? Like yeah. we were getting into like into the rules of Jenga and yeah. people were getting like legit pissed because were people you, were tapping pieces on the Jenga board to see if they would move Joe, before they were Joe from Woodbury. Out. Is that one of your cousins? No, but it seems like something that guy would do. Russell, you can tap a Jenga piece. I think that's legal. I've never played you where tap. you can't tap a piece. Yep. That's a crazy that's crazy. Yep. You 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 don't think you can tap? I'm asking. Oh yeah, you can tap. You, Definitely, you got to be able to tap. You can, There's you only can tap one rule. The There's only one rule. Take one block out and it doesn't fall, right? And replace it. So if you're tapping other ones to figure out which one it is, there's only there's only one objective: get a block out of there. Can you use two hands when you're tapping it or not? No, 
No, one hands only. That's a that's a Jenga rule. That's a real. Yeah, I think I mean two is no nice. If, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> two is okay. You're two when you're tapping it. Ugh, sometimes two hands when you're tapping it, it's nice. No, no, that's ridiculous. It's a one hand you, tap. I mean, how, do do you go like one on one side, one on the other? Or do you like flip it over? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is why it's how called does, big, how does, This is why how it's do you, big How Jenga. do you grab it with two hands, Rosie? If I mean, you're, I'm just saying. You're changing things up. If, yeah. it's a, if it's a nice shape, you know, like the shape, like the shape that I know is like two hands is nice. Are you right-handed or, or like, do you golf right-handed or left-handed? I'm just trying to figure this out. <laughs> Man, this is. I wasn't talking about myself. Shit. I will. I would say to be able to grab a Jenga block two-handed would make me so happy. Like growing up, I remember I'd watch a movie and people would be grabbing the Jenga blocks with two hands. And I'd be like, wait, what? You can put a hand and then another hand? Like, that's crazy to me. <laughs> you so guys are the question worst. I have you're is the worst when, you st- when, you, when you're stacking the Jenga blocks, do you have to? One of my cousins pulled a stunt where instead of creating a new layer of three, he started stacking them no. up, up vertically. No. And we got into this huge argument about do you have to stack in rows of three or can you go vertical? That is the worst kind of fuckery, Russell. Yeah. It makes no sense because you could just stack it. How can you? I'm so glad to hear that. I've never heard anyone say that you can stack it however you want. That person should have been arrested. Like, honestly. Vertically? That makes no fucking sense. If they did that and then you hit him on the head with a bottle, everybody would be like, hmm, yes, that makes sense to me, actually. Yeah, then you Russell, just that's the a cousin game. I would not date. Okay. No. I would not date that cousin. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to retract my previous offer then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the other another game we played, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this before. I feel like this is kind of in the line of ping pong, but it was foosball. Are you guys foosball guys or not? Do you enjoy oh, yeah. playing? Yeah, I love yep. foosball. Yeah, but that's when that can get heated too, right? Because can you can you flip it or not? Can you spin it, can it you around? Spin? Can you spin, spin or no spin? Yeah. Is the question, right? Because people play differently. Spin yeah. or no spin? I have never played a foosball game and been happy afterwards. Ever. I've never felt satisfied <laughs> playing a foosball game. I don't know if I've ever won a foosball game. So unsatisfying. It's, it's it's the worst. The only joy I get out of foosball is pushing. Sometimes I push their handles to hit them in the nuts, and that's about the, oh. the most joy I get out of it. <laughs> oh. I used to enjoy the spin. Kind of I used to think, like, yeah, spinning, spinning, it's fair game. But I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm against the spin now. I think you got to yep. like no spin. Yeah, I'd say no. You guys like foosball? Like right now, if somebody's like, "Hey, do you want a foosball table? Would you take yeah. one in your house?" Well, no, I'd much rather no, play no one's ping ever pong, wanted their own yeah. foosball table. Like no one's ever been happy with their choice <laughs> to buy a foosball table. But I would play it if it would leave after. Was there any bigger indication that you were like at a kid's house where they were going to be allowed to drink in high school more than if they had a foosball table down in the basement? Like when you're in middle school and there's a, like if I, my kids went to a friend's house and I was like, oh yeah, there's a foosball table in the basement. I was like, okay, we're done. No more going over there. The only other one would be if they had a table where you could take the top off and it turned into a poker table. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, you know, these parents make bad decisions. It's going to lead down to the kids making bad decisions. You're not going over there. So you guys are saying no spinning. No spin. No. <laughs> but it kind of depends on who you're playing, right? I mean, like, if you got somebody who's never played, you got to allow them just to spin to make them feel like they know what they're doing. Yeah. But if you're playing, like, hardcore, no spin. No spinning when no it's spin. hardcore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, the, the spin is the fun it's part, more, guys. It's random. It's, you got to control You got to control that thing. It's more finesse. Spinning, you're not controlling it. You got to keep your shit under control. It's not satisfying so, to... You know, spinning so it like you crank that thing is satisfying, but it's just, it's more finesse if you don't spin. 
Just or give skill. it a quick jerk with a quick, quick, you know, I like it a little flick, a little flick. I like it when it gets out flick. of control. I mean, when I don't know where it's going to go, it could go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like you might be picking it off <laughs> the floor later. You just have no idea. That's what I like. That's I just like up on a chandelier just later anywhere. or something. Yeah. you like, you wake up the next day, you look at your couch and you're like, oh, gotta get a wet rag. See, I like to know where it's going. So I like to, you know, have a little bit more control. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that was interesting about this foosball table, it was like an extra large foosball table. So instead of having like Wait, four levers to play, there was like eight levers. Oh. So oh, there was what? numerous new. So, so you could legit put like three or four people on a team. On each side. Can I can I just say right now that when you said, oh, it's one of those big, large foosball tables, Aaron just goes like this. He nods. And I was like, what the fuck are you nodding at? What, when have you ever seen a giant foosball table? That is not a I real thing. I never have. I was just like, I was nodding as though, like, that sounds like an amazing he, thing. No, he was faking it, Russell. He's not really listening to your story. I am because a large foosball table is insane. Four people to a team, you might never get to touch the ball. So so as eventually some of my cousins weren't into like this whole group atmosphere that we had. So they took, they were walking around. So we got down to two on two on the big foosball table. So then the question becomes, when it's down in the offensive zone, do you and your partner both move down to where, oh. you're, where you've got nobody on the back half of the oh, table, wow, and then wow. you're running back and forth depending on where what zone the ball is, or do you stick with one person in the front and one person in the back? <sighs> you got to press forward. Zero. Push up. I, yeah, I think I think it is more fun to run up, right? Because you can't let one person be up front and have all the fun. That's not good. Like, you're just going to let one person score. Meanwhile, you're in the back, like, watching or filming or whatever. Like, that's not. I don't know. Running back get and in forth there. playing foosball became a little more active than what I had signed up for. I will <laughs> that just say that. Sure. But playing defense at any of these kind of games, I mean, sure, you're probably going to win if you play better defense, just like any other, you know, mm. game. But that's, where's the fun in that? Get out there, score some goals, run it up, take some chances. If you lose, you're just going with your cousin. It's fine. Yeah. Rolling going, Rob. I was going with you. Uh, listen. <laughs> listen. I went to, uh, let me see which one I'm going to do here. Let me look at the time. Okay. Uh, I will say that I went to, I went bowling the other day. I went bowling. We had nice. friends go bowling on like four a games. Friday night, just four of us. Um, and the bowling scene here, like we went down there and there was a, uh, a bouncer outside the door. We had to show him that we had a reservation and our IDs to get in. Can you imagine that at a bowling alley? This this is like when you guys ripped off that karaoke bar because they you claim they charged you too much. <laughs> there was a I was like most bowling alleys I've been to, you walk in and you cannot find anyone who works there. Like you just kind of walk around, you're like, where is anybody working? Like I need shoes, I need an alley or whatever. There's nobody ever there. But we were bowling and we had to get reservations, so an hour or two hours, right? Yeah. Well, an hour is not enough time, right? For nope. four people. So we nope. picked two hours. I'm going to tell you right two now. Hours, too much time. Two hours, way too much time to be bowling. <laughs> yeah. Hour 20. Hour 20 is the ideal amount of time for bowling. We bowled three full games. Oh, oh. it's too much. And I'll tell so you, tiring. I want to remind you, I was in a bowling league, okay, with a certain guy who was uh, less athletic than me at softball. <laughs> okay. And we signed up for this bowling league in, uh, where was it? Uh, it, was, it was, we were in this bowling league and they were like, okay, well, this is um, 32 weeks. And I was like, wait, oh, what? And they're like, yeah, the league goes 32 weeks. And I was like, that's almost a year. School year. That's, that's literally a school year. Like 32 weeks of bowling, three games on a Wednesday night. And what you don't realize is that when you're bowling that third game, you're just trying to grip the ball and not have it like fall out of your hands. Your hands hurt. Like your skin gets eaten up. It's 
Did you get did, holidays did, off like teachers, or did you have to go every week? <laughs> nope, Thanksgiving. We were there bowling. But, you know, I was also in a bowling league in high school. I had forgotten about this. You know, you know, like right now, I'm like, I'm saying to myself, like, I'm so busy. I should pare some stuff down. Like, we've got this gambling pool. I do the fantasy football, and now I'm doing a World Cup thing. And I'm like, I should pare it down. And then I remember that when I was in high school, I was in a bowling league that met at 730 on Saturday mornings. So every day, oh, and I did not really, hell? I didn't really like bowling. Like it wasn't my a fun, I didn't care for it that much. So we would did get your up. parents and, just do that? Was it one of those things just to get you out of the house kind of a no, thing? No, I was 17. I, I drove there. Oh, okay. I was 16, you 17, 18. <laughs> I love how it's like seven in the morning. Like you need alley time. Like kids need ice time. Like when they're middle school hockey players and they can't get ice time any other time. Like, like the bowling alley didn't have a 6 p.m. on a Tuesday for you. You had to do. 7 a.m. in the morning? 7.30 on Saturday. The the best is that we had a kid that one time they showed up and it was just him bowling. Like sometimes you'd show up <laughs> and your teammates just wouldn't show up. So it was just you bowling. So you'd bowl that three kid, games. That kid was the baritone player, I guarantee <laughs> you. <laughs> and it was also turned out to be team picture day. So our team picture was just one kid holding a bowling ball like this. It's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Um, but we went to this bowling alley and what was depressing was the videos when you miss spares. Do you guys know like the videos they do where it shows like a bowling yeah, ball yeah, hitting yeah. the spares? Fun. This one, instead of like a fun animation showing a bowling ball, like uh, dropping a bomb on a bunch of pins or doing something entertaining. they If you missed a spare, they would just show videos that were slightly depressing. Like they would show a video and like there was one like music video or anything. Was it? No, there was one. Yeah. You're like, "Mm, this is long. There was one where literally it was just a guy juggling and then he drops one and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it was, it was just like, or somebody like walking out and they drop their bag and then that would be it. I was like, this is the video you're showing like this slightly depressing stuff. So anyway, that was my rolling gun. It was just one of those. Anyway, let's talk what about did you roll? Oh. What did you roll, Rob? Did you break 100? Oh, my God. Yes, I did. I rolled 140 my first game. Nice. I rolled like, no, 120 my first game and then got to up to 140 in the second. And then third one, I was struggling to get over 100. I did win the three-game series. I did not, I don't want to point that out, but I did. Well, you winner. were in two, you were, was, you were in two yeah, weeks you, before I would you, hope you would. Did you roll the hook or straight? What's your, what's your I style? was starting with a little bit of a hook. And then I realized, like, why am I doing this? And then I just started rolling straight. But I will tell you, I did roll. The sixteen pounder. I was the biggest. I had the biggest oh, balls nice. of anybody out there. That, yes. that is a that is a move. That is a move of the guy who plays the tuba, yeah. not the baritone. Well, you the can't. I mean, what, like, ball. Don't you feel a little bit of pressure, Rob, as an American record holder? Like you can't go in there. No, a guy as strong as you are and pick the eight pound ball or whatever. Like you got to roll a big. I, I, the thing is, too, is that those are the balls that have finger holes the size that my fingers need. Like you, yeah. when you look at a bowling ball and you see the one where it's like, Jesus Christ, who puts, slams their finger? It looks like the, you could fit a whole <laughs> stick of butter in there. That's the ball that I need to like put my fingers in there. <laughs> my fingers are so big and fat and they need to go into that bowling ball. <laughs> you know who, you know, who's got the, the best hook of anyone we know who's got big fat fingers. Who's that? Barry from Burnsville. has got the best hook I've ever seen. Oh God. He doesn't even stick his fingers in there. I don't oh, think. No, no. <laughs> He just stays on the outside. Oh, <laughs> the, there's the curve. Let's get into the album. It's time for nobody's favorite part of the show. Let's talk about the album. Oh, is this a music podcast? Oh, yeah. I should have written down more than one example of what happens when you don't get a spare. I realize now just writing down one was a little anticlimactic. <laughs> you know what, Rob? That's that was just kind of sad. That's on me. Was that why it was sad? Is they only had one example? It was just the juggler over and over. No, I'm really sure trying to pull my brain like what the other examples were, and I can't. <sighs> I'm ah. Think about it. 
Yeah, like a guy falling off a horse. You know, it's just like, it's like funny song videos, but it was like, anyway, what am I talking about? Let's get into the album. Let's talk about Moon Dance by Van Morrison. So this, Van Morrison. this is Van Morrison's second album, second studio album, because of course he was originally in Them, okay? And then he left, so Matt, he was in Them. Who? No, it was Them actually. So he was in Them, but uh, but guess who? What was he doing in Them? He was the uh, he was their singer. Were they okay with that when he was yes. in them? No, but not yes. <laughs> Did they ever kick him out of them? <laughs> no, them, Aaron. Are you saying then? Was he ever expelled from them? <laughs> he left them. <laughs> Where did he go? The record, n- none from of there. these, none of these sessions have ever made it through an edit. Not one. <laughs> I don't get I why we're so that. we're so good at improv. I don't understand why this doesn't work out. <laughs> so he had left and he recorded Brown Eyed Girl and then got picked up by Warner Brothers and went and made the album we've already done into the Mystic with of course the third greatest uh No, hold on. Song dude, of all no, time. Hold on. Okay, hold on. sweetest thing. <laughs> it's okay. called Astral, Astral Weeks. Weeks. They did it. We did Astral Weeks at number 60 on the list. Astral Weeks. Okay. So that is not <laughs> what I have written down. So I'm gonna have to maybe debate you guys on this. Okay. <laughs> Astral weeks, uh, much to, much to Russell's point, where not one of those uh, back and forth has ever made it. Rob, not once have we ever corrected you and not been right. Just want to say that <laughs> every single time we've been right. I don't know about you guys. gave him a hard time about that Raymond Usher thing a while back. I don't know if that was right yeah, or not. We still haven't seen a lot of proof. Okay, something to think about. Are you asking to see his birth certificate? So. Uh, Astral Weeks, which of course is the album. Let me get that clean. Astral Weeks. Now I can edit that out and put it in. You guys are going to look like idiots. Um, it came out and it was a total flop. It was a commercial flop, 100%. And Van Morrison was devastated. And he moved up to uh, Northern New York near Woodstock with his wife, who was named Janet Planet. Janet Planet was her name. Julia's name's going to be Julia Gulia. (laughs) (laughs) And basically he was like, he said, listen, I made this album that I wanted to make in Astral Weeks and nobody liked it. He said, so quote, I had to forget about the artistic thing because it didn't make sense on a practical level. One has to live. So he came into this with saying like, when you listen to this album, you have to realize he's saying to himself, I need to make a marketable commercial album. Yet, at the same time, I think you cannot deny that you hear Astral Weeks in this album. Like, you hear the jazz influence. You hear that guitar. Because, of course, Astral Weeks, we remember, was uh, basically him playing guitar with jazz musicians in the back. And it was a kind of a more of an improv type thing. And I think you hear a lot of that influence on this album. But this album was an immediate success. Like, it came out and it just blew up. Got up to uh, into the top 30 in the U.S. on the charts. And he was on the cover of the Rolling Stone. In, uh, Rolling Stone. On the cover of the Rolling Stone. 1970. Gotta so buy this, 10 I mean, copies from my mother. This album put him on the cover of the Rolling Stone. And I got to tell you guys, I think this might be the artist who I have grown to love the most uh, on this list. It's Stoney. I mean, just listen his, to this. Yeah, you should check out his recent stuff then. Oh, his anti-COVID stuff? Here? <laughs> We've all been lying, too. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. That's the weird question. Can you, can you go to the beginning again, Rob? Just click the beginning of the song. The very beginning, sure. Yeah. What do you guys think where he just hits these lyrics right off the bat? It happens on like three or four of these songs. Like, there's no real musical intro. It's just like lyrics right off the bat. What do you think of that? I like it. Yep. I think it's different. It, yeah. uh... 
It kind of sets up the song. I mean, it's, just, it's not traditional. It's his own way of doing it. I like. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you guys know I love I love songs that start right from the jump. So I'm good with that. Bum, 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 bum. Jazz I did. I did. Was reading that he's referring to being stoned like a jelly roll, which refers to jelly roll Mort- Morton. Aaron, do you know anything about jelly roll Morton or not? Yeah, he was a jazz. Uh, I don't know if he was jazz or if you'd call him ragtime or not, but yeah, he was an early jazz uh, pianist. Uh, I'm sure he was famous for certain types of music. I think he played rags, but um, yeah, I'm sure Van was a bit. Must have been a big fan of jelly roll. Van said he used to listen to him with his dad all the time. But the song "Getting Stoned," he was talking about getting stoned in nature, like you just go out because you know at the time he's he's up in upstate New York, but he's remembering his time back in Ireland, where you just he's like you go outside and you're just struck with how beautiful it is, and you just sit there and look. So I have no idea what that's like. Okay, the other day I was walking up the stairs and I looked at my hand it had a band aid on it, a band aid. So this is a little bit different <laughs> living in the city. <laughs> uh, but you can hear, I think, you know, the, the recordings that I've heard of Jelly Roll Morton, they're all old, right? So they're not, not high quality, uh, or they're, they might've been high quality at the time. They're dusty. They're, they're crackly and it's kind of this loose jangly feeling. So I can, I can see how that's the sound he's going for. I, I also read that a jelly roll is also a slang reference to women's genitalia. Aaron, would you claim to com- Would you clear? Would you yeah. like to comment on that? Yeah, I don't think I'll comment on that piece of thing. No, I, I, I think I'll not. Although I, I might, maybe you should go get a donut tomorrow morning. <laughs> Are you guys like jelly yeah, rolls or that, not? Like, do you, you like try, the donut you try to get that donut in the morning? In the morning? Are you serious? Next week. <laughs> you, you try to wake up the person who sells the donuts <laughs> too early, imagine? and it ruins the rest of your day. I will just say it that way. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Hey, wake up. What the fuck? You're the worst person in the world. So, no, or maybe. I told like, you we're cousins of cousins, not direct cousins. <laughs> Grandpa Mo- Grandma Mona is going to hate this. What if I, maybe if I make some coffee first or no? Oh, okay. No, if I let go. Why don't you just text me when you wake up? How about that? I was over here reading on my Kindle and you just text. Too real. <laughs> Way real. too real. Uh, and now, Aaron, we have a, this is the second track and I got news for Aaron. It's a big hit. This is a titular track. Oh, this album. Big titular track. And it's a big titular track. It's a big one. One of the biggest. I think what he did on this album. Ooh, you guys know I love some jazz food. Who's playing food on this track? Anybody know? I do. Give me one sec. So what I think, Rob, now that you mention it, I think he took a lot of the same instrumentation yes. from Astro Weeks and then he put it into more pop song structures. So these songs are structured a little bit more tightly, but he's still using a lot of the same instruments. He had the same instrumentalist literally in the early recording sessions for this album and then said, no, this isn't going to work. I'll see you guys later. He kicked him out and then he used musicians from the Woodstock area, which is kind of cool. The the, uh, tenor saxophonist was also the flute player. His name was Colin Titton. Colin nice. Titton. Colin nice Titton. Work on song, Colin. I got to say, watch, watch, watch that opening letter tilted. there, Matt. It, it might be Tilton. <laughs> I need to get some glasses. Have, have you, you look at Matt like looking at his phone and he's got the big font. I'm getting so close to that, guys. When you look at my Kindle, my font is embarrassingly big. Like it's so big that I'm like constantly changing the page. Like, I don't know, I'm getting old as hell. In that song, he mentions, he says, I just want to make uh, love to you. Have you ever uttered that phrase in your life? I thought I did it on the podcast once and you I've flipped heard it. it. I've heard it. All I want to do is make love to you. <laughs> <Very> yes. <laughs> and there could be other reasons I brought it up too. Every time I sing boys to men. 
every time, which is at least make love to you to twice a day for Matt, just yeah. once in the morning, once in the yeah. evening, just as yeah. a closing, opening and closing prayer for his day. I'll make love to you when you text me to. I'll be until then. I'll be in the living room. You know, like I can't wait to let out. I got a whole parody song all ready to go. I love in this Is that album four ninety eight or something. <laughs> oh, I assume it'll be it'll be two by the time they do the list for the fifth time when we're done doing this damn podcast. Uh, the, listen to the saxophone solo on this. I mean, you forget there's a whole middle section with piano and sax. And it's pretty much, a, there's an alto and a tenor sax, I think, mm-hmm. on almost all these songs. Yeah, double horn. Right. saxophone was fantastic on this. And there's also, Russell, a version you can find where there is more or less tambourine. You can hear the tambourine shaking in the back. The Japanese release of the song totally took out the tambourine. They had none tambourine whatsoever. Less? They, they, no they were like, tambourine. They're like, the tambourine is too loud. And I realized that's not the song that's actually uh, into the mystic. So I'm going to repeat so that no. later. <laughs> okay. So shut up. But I do love the ending to this. Listen to this. You, Listen to this flute. Mr. Titten. Oh, you guys know. You guys know this is speaking straight to my heart. That's so I love when the flute gets rocking. It's so you know th- this so next good. song is going to be speaking straight to your heart too. You know who's on it, don't you, Aaron? Ooh. Wait, I, I don't know if I know. What's the next song, Rob? Is it Van Morrison? Crazy Love. Oh. Yeah. You know who one of the backup singers is? Is it Paul Simon? It's Emily Houston. I believe that's Whitney Houston's mom. Oh, really? We've talked about her before. Yeah. Crazy I wow. didn't know that. Oh, that's marvelous, Russell. What do you think of his falsetto, Aaron? What do you so, like? We probably talked about his voice before. It's super distinctive. It's one of a kind. What do you think when he kind of goes up into the upper register like that? I think, yeah, I think everything he does vocally on this album and Astro Weeks is just—it's so pleasant. Like there's just yeah. nothing that you don't enjoy about it, all of it. And even when he's like going to his limits like that, it's just—it's charming. It's pleasant. It's perfect. On Wiki, on Wikipedia, they say the song is "Blue-eyed Soul," which is a, a genre I've never heard of. And basically it was like, kind of think of like Righteous Brothers, where basically it was like R&B studios could play this, but it was by white musicians. So they called it Blue Eye Soul. Mm. I thought that was kind right. of a fun description of it. Yeah, Righteous Brothers, and then eventually Hall & Oates, you know, inherited oh. that sort of crown. Ooh, I was on a big Hall & Oates kick this week. It's- Mike McDonald was in there, Kenny Loggins once in a while. Oh, this is Matt's. This is right down <laughs> Matt's alley, the Yacht Rock, for sure. Crazy Love, so, so good. Next up, we have Caravan. This guy loves vans. Do you think he wears? Do you think Van Morrison wears Vans? Wouldn't you like? Wouldn't you oh. get your own pair of Vans if your name was Van? What I don't get is, did you ever hear who he dated? No, who? Jim Morrison, his cousin. A lot of people don't realize that. They were cousins of cousins, Rob. I told you. They were cousins of cousins. Sides, no blood. By marriage. Yeah. By marriage. Yeah. You want to know the reason I love this song so much? Do you guys ever watch the show The West Wing? I never got into it. I feel like I should. West Wing, a fantastic show. I would highly recommend it. There are two songs from this album in this in the same episode of the West Wing. There are characters that are listening to the Moondance album. And I didn't know this album at all, but I immediately recognized this from an episode of the West Wing. You guys got to check it out. You, you will love it. Those characters' cousins or cousins of cousins? I'm... Well, those might have been cousins, yeah. but maybe that's I'm what I go got. I'm going to see some cousin yeah. characters. I got some links to send you. <laughs> Russell, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say, I'm calling it. This is the 
So the next song is the end of side one yep. of the album. Yep. And this is the best side A we have listened to yet. And every single one of these songs is right on I think on I agree. 1,000%. Yeah. I... There's not one dead, there's not one filler, there's not one miss on this whole front side, including my favorite song by Van Morrison, uh, the next one we've got here. Can you, this is in your top 100, isn't it, Matt? This is is in my, like, top 35 Matt Soft Chill songs that I've got, but yes, in my top 100. Oh, wait, shit, I pushed the wrong one again. God damn it, I screwed up the joke. Wow, man, you love this song? I appreciate it so much. (laughs) It's a good one. This is Van Morrison where he says, oh, yeah, I talk with my friends about flying on planes so much, so I have to... uh, Fly tonight. I just killed the mood. Into the Mystic to end side one. Why do you like this one, Matt? I love this one, too. What what makes it jump out to you? I mean, I think it's, you know, it's kind of soft and slow, and then, I mean, it just... Hammers when he gets into the refrain here coming up, you know. Yep. But it's just, it's got a good message. He's waiting for him. Come home. Do you know what you noise know, that is when he talks about the foghorn? What's playing that? I, a foghorn? I thought it was strings, but it's a saxophone. Oh. Hmm. And this guy here, can you hear the tambourine? Hold on. Hear the tambourine back there? Yeah. Don't have to fear it. I saw one of the best uh, descriptions of this song when I was reading about it. Lots of tambourine. Someone compared it to Yesterday by the Beatles. It's been described as another song where the music and the words seem to have been born together at the same time to make one perfectly formed, complete artistic element. It is. You know, just, uh, just the, you know, the title, Into the Mystic. Just the, you know, everything you could possibly think of. For, you know, for me, everybody wants meanings from songs, right? But, like, I mean, there is just so much you could take out of going into it, the mystic. You really can't imagine this song sounding like anything else. This would be one where if you saw him play it live, you'd be like, eh, I kind of like the album version. Like, do you guys hear that tambourine back there? It's super yeah. loud. Now, there is actually a mix of this uh, song. <laughs> That is tambourine free. They just took it out or put it in for the deluxe. I can't remember. Uh, Actually, it was in the Japan. It was in the Japan release. So if you want to. Japan release. They do not have a mountain tambourine more. They have a mountain tambourine less than Japan. This whole album to me, because we've talked about this song a number of times in the, in the podcast post game, I'm going to get a little bit maudlin and sentimental. This entire album to me, because Matt loves into the mystics so much is all just a build up to into the mystic and then the and then the let down after into the mystic. Anytime it's I a, put this it, album on it's a sharp fall. It's a sharp fall. <laughs> but I mean, that's any, a like, deep chasm that we're going into. Anytime after I this. listen to this album, I was just like, I can't wait to hear Matt's favorite song. Like I, I love these songs. Mm-hmm. I just want to get to into the mystic yeah. because we've talked about it a lot. The good news is, is that this album is only 38 minutes. I think any albums over 40 minutes should now be illegal. Okay. And we should actually censor them. Okay. And Aaron's giving me a big nod. He's good. He likes that. He likes the censoring stuff. He thinks that's mm, good. Love it. Hey, we're going to get rid of, we're going to fire any song that's not ready to work hardcore, right? <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> we're going into we're albums 2.0. You can, you got 24 hours. I got fired from two jobs for working too hardcore. It's so strange. Um, <laughs> Come running. This now believe it or not, this is how stupid people are. This was the first single off the album. I think they wanted to show that Van Morrison was like not the weird jazz guy, so they kind of Well that, I mean out of, to be fair, out of any like songs that we've listened to, this is probably the more like radio quick quick it's got, radio it's got, tempo yeah. to it, right? Yeah, this this yeah. would be the one that they that you could see like people who don't know Van Morrison but, wanting to play this on the radio. But like Moon Dance wasn't released as a single until 1977, seven years after this album. 
That's crazy, what? right? That you wouldn't just hear I don't know dance? if Into the Mystic was ever released as a single. I think it's just one of those tracks that everybody likes. I, I, I completely agree with Matt's take on the first half of the album being awesome. And I kind of wanted to not like the song, but I enjoyed it. I thought the song was fun. If this song were on other albums, it would be one of the best songs on the album, don't you think? It's well, Let's listen to it again here. It is a bop. It's fun. It's not bad. The, yeah, the problem is... It just seems like too much of a like a Dylan knockoff, but with like a little yeah. bit All right. more polished production in a way. And then if you play... I mean, in the order it's in, if you play the first five songs and then you get to that, you're like, well, I don't know. You know, but if you, if you were to start out with that song, I, yeah, I could see where you'd say that. So maybe the the real move it should never you should never put the best song on the album as number five in the middle right it's either got to go one or at the end or where where should that song have gone Matt oh that one should have been first yes but I'm glad that they didn't have it for I mean again side A is unbelievably good to me you know like if I could it, I, I I have this album I only listen to side A to be honest with you that is that is a thought like you don't ever have to flip the album over just. Take the needle, move it back. Take right. the needle, move it back. Right. <laughs> this album is kind of like, I mean, that song is kind of like me and my wedding, right? It's fine. But when it looks, when it's next to somebody like what my wife looked like, you look like absolute garbage. I'm going to show you a picture of my wedding. I recently opened up my wedding oh, photos no. and looked at them. Why? And my what? kid said, my kid said, what's going on with your tuxedo? And I was like, oh, no. yeah, I don't get what's going on with my tuxedo. Actually, it looks like I am wearing a garbage bag in my wedding photos. I have the worst looking tuxedo ever. And next to my wife, who is absolutely gorgeous at the wedding, I look like dog shit, straight up dog shit. So let me show you going through all the pictures. Let me show you the one that really shows you what the cut of my suit is. And I apologize. This takes a while. Man, don't people love looking at other people's wedding photos? It's, it's like at podcast. least the top five thing people enjoy doing. It's definitely the number one podcast oh, topic. Okay. Well, is. do you guys not want to see the photos? Yeah, you do. You sickos. You want to see this. <laughs> You're going to show it. Look at my way. pants. Look at my pants in this photo. Do you see how they, wide? They, they do look like something that a like a NBA player from the, the 90s <laughs> would be wearing, right? Like they are those pants are huge. I think they forgot yeah. to tailor them at the bottom. They look like jorts. They, they look like tailors. They are the biggest <laughs> pants I've ever seen. I look like horse shit. I look terrible. <laughs> God damn it. I'm gonna think about this every time I hear this song. Just me looking like absolute garbage at my wedding. For some reason, can't remember what the connection is. You're, let's be fair. You're never going to listen to that song ever again, Rob. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. I'm too busy listening to albums in the future for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, listen, do you guys ever want to hear a song about a dream about Ray Charles getting shot? Well, if you do, this is for you. What? <laughs> These dreams of you. This is about a dream he had where Ray Charles got killed in Canada. In Canada. He got shot. He got shot. Got up and kept singing. This was the one for me that was not one of my favorites. It just felt a little out of place, kind of the old blues tune. I, I don't know. What did you guys think of this one? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely like kind of kind of pandering to an audience for a reason, right? I will say, if you love an album that sounds deliciously good, this is the album for you. This album, it's, it's like his other one. It just sounds great like they did a great job recording it it's super crystal clear it's, it's production value very very right. much so and right. you know what's crazy russell guess who admitted van morrison into the rock and roll hall of fame ray charles ray charles is the guy who who brought him up on stage and they sang a little bit of uh crazy love together when they first came up which is pretty cool interesting no you're really. mentioning ray charles and that there was a dream about a dream sequence 
know, I started wondering, you know, we've talked about like, you know, maybe what are your guys' dreams? You guys ever dream before we've talked about that? Like I was worried about my teeth falling out for many years, but do you guys ever think about dreams and the best songs about dreams? Because I thought we could do a list of the best songs ever about dreams. Ooh, a list. Oh, man. So we're going to do a list about the best songs ever about dreams. And so we've covered a few songs before. We talked Aerosmith Dream On when we covered the best screams ever in the Stooges album, if you remember that. We talked about Gasoline Dreams by Outkast. Matt, I know that was one of your favorite albums, and I love that song. We also talked Dreams by Fleetwood Mac on Rumors, if you guys go way back before episode 12, I think, even, right? Last time, Matt talked about how I didn't play his favorite artist, and I I let him down because I didn't play play Pearl Jam. I didn't play that one song, the nonsense syllable song. Yellow Ledbetter. Yellow Ledbetter. Oh, yeah! So what I'm going to try to do with this time is give each of you guys a song and our listeners a song that's just for you guys, something that Whoa. you can enjoy. And so I thought I'd start letters. with Matt. Love letters from Russell. One of okay. Matt's favorite bands, one of his favorite artists is Tom Petty. So the first up is Running yep. Down a Dream by Tom Petty. There we go. All right. A dream about being a rocker, right? Running down. Can yep. you imagine that we haven't done Tom Petty yet? It's criminal, no, right? Weird, right? I think we're coming up on uh, God dang, this is a good song. This was one he played at the uh, halftime of the Super Bowl once. He played usually they play like medleys. He only played four songs. Played this song and three other ones. Can you guys guess what three other songs he played at the Super Bowl? Ooh. Last Dance with Mary Jane. No, <laughs> no, no way. No. Free Fallen. Uh, Free Fallen. Free Fallen is one of them. Yep. American Please. Girl. American Girl is two. Oh, so good. Um, Get to the point. Let's roll another joke. Yeah. <laughs> Head on down the road. Somewhere. Somewhere. What, I gotta gotta go. what else would he have played? The last song was Won't Back Down. Oh, oh yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. That's very Super Bowl-ish. That's good. An yeah, interesting yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. though, Matt might know this. Matt, do you know what album that was from? Which which one? Running Down a Dream. I don't know. A 1989 album. I believe it's Full Moon Fever. Is that right? I don't know. That's the name of it, which is very similar to Moondance. And I oh. wonder if there's some sort of connection here because, oh. fun fact, you guys were talking about uh, Van Morrison when he was the singer for the band Them, right? Is that the name of it? Them? Them, yes. They, yes. they, they, they played with Them. Yeah. They played with so, Them. So in 1965, Ooh. when he was, when was Van Morrison was with Them, he wrote a song called Mystic Eyes. So Mystic Eyes, written by Van Morrison in 65. In 2006, Tom Petty covered the song Mystic Eyes, which was written by Van Morrison in concert, and then included that song in the documentary Running Down a Dream. Hmm. Uh, just, a just, he had just to, to close the loop here, yep. we will listen to Wildflowers at 214, which is absolutely rolling bone, but we'll get to that. Full Moon Fever is 298 on the list, Russell. <laughs> Nice. Moon Fever, and then there's Damn the Torpedoes, which is 231 by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So got a lot of them in the. We got three Tom Petty song or albums in the 200s. 2030 Rosie is when we're going to do that. Be in our 50s by the time we hit those. Mm-hmm. Awesome! I can't wait to have a totally hard erection in my 50s. <laughs> Next, next song, oh, should I do the jazz one or skip the jazz one? Yeah, do it. One? Come on, Russell. I'll just do you. it, and we'll, we can delete it if we, we want we to. So the next song on the list uh, is for Aaron. Aaron's oh, a California guy, so I figured we'd give him California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, wonderful. Well, 
Talk about some tambourine, Rob. Shoot. Up until California Love, Take it this out. might have been the California state anthem, but then California Love took over. <laughs> so there was actually, Rob, you were maybe playing it earlier. There's actually a flute solo that's pretty famous on this. It's played by a man named Bud Shank. You guys ever heard of Bud yes. Shank? I have not, but I like his playing character. He's a very a famous game. flautist. You were talking about flautists earlier, I believe, Aaron. Oh, I, I love, love talking about flautists. Yum, yum. And it turns out that this guy goes way back, and he actually played the flute on a jazz album from 1955 by a guy named Chet Baker. Have you ever heard of Chet Baker? 100%, yeah. Chet Baker sings, yeah. So it turns out that Chet Baker was actually a big influence on Van Morrison. Oh, I can hear that. Yeah, yeah. In the can you hear what I'm the, talking about? Yeah, so I yeah, figured, I hear it, yeah. And so this guy, Bud Shank, there was an album called, it's called, so 1955, the song called Chet Baker Sings and Plays with Bud Shank. So Bud Shank is the flautist back on this album. Oh, yeah. So let's go back and check out this song. I believe it's called I Wish I Knew. Check this out. There's the flautist, Bud Shank. And then the horns come in. Oh, yeah. That's, that's can't true. you this immediately hear like where maybe Van Morrison is getting some of the sound, right? Yeah. Yes. Totally. Totally. So it turns out the flute player that was playing with Chet Baker back in 55 was the guy who was brought in to play the flute on California Dreamin', and that's why they both have that kind of flute sound. I thought that's that was marvelous. crazy. That's yeah, so you're Russell. so, you're brilliant. So good. And that's Chet Baker playing trumpet on that track, and then he would go in, like, he'd play trumpet and then go straight into singing for playing trumpet. It's amazing. Do you guys, do you guys think more people should be named Chet? Like, I'd yes. love to have a friend named Chet, right? Like, we got to get Chets. Yeah. Bring back the Chets. What happened to Chet? Why is that no longer around? I got a nephew whose middle name is Chetley. Chetley, name, right? Yeah. Chetley. Truman, Truman hey. Chetley. What a great that is name, a pretty right? badass name. I'm saying. Is his last name, is his last name Trump? That sounds I'm like not, a Trump yeah, name. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to give kidding. his name away, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to say it out loud on the air. But. You got to start calling that kid Chet. Just please, Aaron, for me, just do it. I'm going to try okay? it. And don't ask if he's got a cousin on the other side. Don't. <laughs> Next song on the list, I'm giving another one to Matt because I let Matt down last week. I feel bad. Oh, so nice. one of his yeah. favorite albums he, that he says he got to that we skipped over, and he said this one should be higher, I believe is 1989 by Taylor Swift. Absolutely. Is that right, Matt? Oh, the yeah. best T-Swift album there is. So one of the best songs on that album is Wildest Dreams, another song about dreams. There we go. This has Matt's synth sound on it. This is the luscious yep. synth. This is Matt's. 1989 was better. Is better than red. You know, she's got her different eras, right? And it's kind of always between red and 1989. And it's just, it's, it's not even close. It's 1989. Next song on the list is another one for Matt and Aaron, and actually Rob too. Oh, Rob's God. a New York guy. Matt and Aaron, you've both said you love Billy Joel. Hope love you love top Joel. five Billy. You guys Joel love songs, River yeah. of Dreams by Billy Joel from '93. Yes. 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 I saw Billy Joel at Wrigley Field with my family. Great pause. Yes. And then I a very long pause. Did we did we do something about pregnant long pause? pauses in songs? Did we do that? Yes. Yeah. Pregnant pause. As somebody who wanted to be a low voice singer, this was an all time sing along song. Like I, I don't know what and but, right up yeah. until the concert, I was like, I was oh, yeah. out on River of Dreams for a while in my life because I was like, this is cheesy. Really? It's just like him, you know, playing to a certain audience is cheesy. And I was like, if he plays River of Dreams at Wrigley Field, I am not going to be into it. Man, <laughs> that song came on. You couldn't have found somebody <laughs> dancing harder than me. That song is a bop. I can't deny it. I love it. So good choice, Russell. I think I know why you don't like it. It was nominated for Record of the Year in 1993. 
And it lost to I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Uh, I mean, yeah, right? Like, it can't be that I Will Always Love You. Can you imagine? Uh, nothing, you, nothing. You have a record up. Always love you. you have a record up and you're like, ah, good. I'm finally going to get this Grammy. Who am I going against? <laughs> I Will Always Love You. Shit. Oh, the biggest <laughs> single of all time. The greatest <laughs> song by the greatest singer. Yeah. <laughs> The one thing that I couldn't stop thinking about a river of dreams. So if you guys were going to a river of dreams, you would probably get wet, right? Like you would have that mm -hmm. wet look. You'd have a wet look. And you'd have a wet look. And that leads into <laughs> our next read. song by J. Cole. Rob, this one's just for you. The song's called Wet Dreams. I knew this was going to be the one you picked for me. <laughs> Rob, what are your thoughts? Wet dreams. I don't think I've ever had a wet dream in my entire life. I remember in health class, they'd be like, oh yeah, wet dreams are this. And I was like, hey, that kind of sounds fun. Like no They're work, you don't fun. have to do anything. Dude, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> They're super fun. I got it. Yeah. I just have never had the, the tank full enough where I don't think that can happen. Like it's always... <laughs> Good for you then. I mean, I'm always running on E, you know what I mean? Like I'm always topping off when it hits a quarter. Hey, That's me. Rob, Rob, for Brian's kids who are listening, yeah. can you explain what you mean by the tank is too full? What does that mean? I think it's my vast deference. Is that what I'm talking about? I'm not sure what it does. It's something with salmon. I'm pretty sure. I read that that song samples a song called Impeach the President by the Honey Drippers. That the kind of drippers. also feeds into it, too. Huh, Rob? Impeach the so last thing on the yeah, list is for you guys, and it's yeah, for all yeah. our listeners. We've talked about this once before when we talked about the best soccer songs ever. This is the song Dreams by Beck. Oh, yes. You guys remember this one? It was Good on one. Yes. 2016 when we said it was a better soccer song than that nonsense Matt friend we're talking about. Oh, right. I, stuff from like 94 that doesn't make any sense why it's in Minneapolis. Yeah, mm -hmm. that one. I'll tell you what. You know what another song was that was on a FIFA soccer game? What's that? Tub Thumping by Chumba Wamba. That was on there. <laughs> no, it's back. <laughs> that Beck song actually made it to number two on the Billboard Alternative Top 100. Did Van Morrison ever make the Alternative Top 100? Hell no, Doubtful. there was no alternative Doubtful. top 100 when he was <laughs> singing. So when it comes to alternative songs that are about dreams, who did it better? Beck did it better. Russell, that was too, truly a top five list. That was incredible. Great list. Great list. Excellent list. I was going to bail on the, I was going to bail on the, the jazz one, but Aaron was talking about jazz so much. I had to get it in there. I'll tell you what, listening to you do their list and then listening to me editing when I was talking about Manhattan transfer and I kept, kept just saying Manhattan transfer over and over. You're so much better at the list than I am, Russell. It's embarrassing. Listen, let's next up. We've got brand new day. And this was all about him. He was sitting there and he listened to a song on the radio and he goes, I don't know who it is. I looked at the sky and the sun started to shine and all of a sudden came, the song just came through my head. I started to write it down. And that band that he was listening to, the band. What band? The band. Yeah. Which one? It sounds like the band a little bit with the pi yeah, that piano on the background. Yes. Yeah. Did you guys like it or not? No, no, not really. I mean, no, compared to like... It's kind of filler. It's kind of, to me, it's not, I'm not going to give away too much, but like this last half of the album, it feels like those songs that he felt like he had to make to get over Astral Weeks, right? Yep. That he needed these songs to try to be what would be played on the radio or other, the record executive thought he needed to play. That's what it seems like to me on side B. I've got to say though, this one, everyone, I do love. It's in 12 8th time. Yep. I think it's the time signature that gets me on this. Is that a clavinet? 
You know I love that clavinet, Russell. Yep. This one almost feels like circus music, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the most well, erotic music. This one that music. starts with the harpsichord, like the bur- sort of baroque yeah. sound, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jeff Labies. Jeff Labies is playing the clavinet. Oh, clavinet. So, clavinet. Oh, you should go to the very end, Rob. I believe it ends with a triangle clang. Oh, for you all those. like a fucking genius. What? Oh. what? <laughs> Man, that... somehow we got to put that together I... with that song at the end. It's time to say. I was goodbye. just gonna say I'm gonna yeah. put this over there, and then I was like, "That's too many bits at the end." Right? That triangle player's no. mom and dad are so proud. Like it they is just, not. They yeah. played, they're the ones who flipped the record over. The triangle player's mom and dad would always be like, "Well, we gotta listen to the second side because we got that triangle at the very end." <laughs> he was the seventh drummer, right? He, yeah. he was challenged and never moved up. <laughs> yes, but. But their parents were like, well, we got to flip the record over, even though it's not as good as side A. Go get it. Right? Yes. (laughs) There we go. Got it. (laughs) Do you think when, when when the seventh percussion player in the high school band challenges, do they both play the triangle or do they get to play another percussion instrument? They're the cymbal people, aren't they? Because usually they're, I mean, the triangle's need a little bit of dexterity, right? Cymbals is just banging. Yeah, the cymbals, everybody's looking at you. You're the big show. You're the the reason. I remember in band, I used to play the trombone and when it would be like 74 beats of rest, I remember thinking to myself like, what a bunch of suckers playing any other instrument that doesn't have 76 beats of rest right now. I'm, I'm just back there going one, two, three, four. Oh, it's so great. You know who else is a sucker? Is someone who buys a booze and cocktail book, a vinyl and booze book, or whatever my books are called. And this this album is in the book, Booze and Vinyl 2. But wow. both drinks call for green chartreuse. I don't want to go pay for a green flavored liquor <laughs> no. for $50. No, you don't. So I think it's bullshit that a book would put make both drinks in the book require that ingredient. I hear you. We'll Should at least one of these drinks just be Irish whiskey in a glass? Like, I mean, if I you're going to say, a Van, yeah. like a Van Morrison Aaron, album, Guinness. One of them called for green cherries. Have you guys ever had green cherries before? No, I didn't no. even know they existed. No, that happened to not. me once. That happened to me once when I wasn't able to empty out the tank for a couple of weeks. <laughs> green cherries. Yeah, I had some astral weeks and it was tough. I had green cherries. The doctor said it was the worst case of green cherries he's ever seen. Oh, oh no! And he said, you know, if you don't do it, you can get hurt. So you, it's medically <laughs> so important that you do it. Yeah, you have to. Even if it's Saturday morning, maybe people are sleeping in. Like it's, it has to and, be done. And you know there are consequences if you get those green, those green cherries close to the jelly roll too, right? <laughs> Stuff that's spoiled. <laughs> oh, who will ever understand these delicate things we're talking about? It's so subtle. And our our humor really is. I mean, it's probably, advanced. Yeah. I mean, you may say, "Oh, what is this episode 12? No, this is one twenty. All right, glad tidings, glad tidings. In the business, we'll shake hands. Listen, it's fun. People say it's kind of a Stax type sound. I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with the end of this album is the beginning of the album. This was famous from an episode of The Sopranos, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or made more famous by The Sopranos. Very catchy tune. You guys don't like this as a closer? I think I enjoy I, it. I do. No, I do I, like that's this. That's the whole closer. thing. It's like it's all enjoyable. Like there's nothing to dislike. It's just that side A is so strong. It's so. So strong. But I got to say, when you listen to those bangers on the side B, you're like, mm, actually, there's some good ones here. I really like it. Folks, that's enough. Let's get into our uh, part where we judge the album. Now, and of course, guys, we're not talking about the album. Okay, let's be very clear. Okay, we couldn't care less what we think of the album. That's not important. We're looking at the list. 
This is 120 on the Rolling Stones' top 500, 500 albums. This is 120. Now, should this be at 120? Is this like a perfect moon dance? Okay. Or whatever he does during the song where he's going. Do you guys know what I'm doing where he's making that Navi sound? Nope. Avatar. <laughs> anyway. He is this 120. It's a perfect marvelous night for a moon dance. What a career. And this Did that would mean it's see all those guys. Where'd they go? That would be it's a rolling well toned. Yeah, rolling well toned. If this album she hasn't been in much since Guardians of the Galaxy. Should have been higher up on the list. Okay. It's easy. This I can edit that out in one big swipe. <laughs> um if this would be higher up on the list. Okay. She was great this in Drumline, got, though. I've seen Drumline so many times. Rolling Bones. Well, what happened to his acting career? Yeah. Well, you wonder. He's just, night. he's working. You know, he's having another kid, like just like in the next couple of weeks. 12th kid. 12th what? kid. He's, un- yeah. he's unmasking people. He's, jeez. I mean, he's, he's never had green cherries in his life. His semen is just out there, just flowing. He's, yeah. he's yeah. <laughs> semen. You nailed it, Aaron. You brought it back around. Brilliant. If this album should be higher up, okay? And a lot of people are saying this other album, which could be called Into the Mystic. A lot of people are wondering maybe what it's called. They didn't check it. Okay, it's not important what facts are. Um, is this better than Astro Weeks? It should be higher up. This got a rolling bone. Or is this, should this be lower on the list? Okay, listen, the beginning of this album, great. End of this album, great. The middle, also not that bad. But should it be a rolling groan and be shorter be lower on the list. And I know what you're thinking, lower on the list, but you guys are going up by number. What a brilliant idea to get worse and worse as the podcast goes on. Yeah, that was Aaron's idea, actually. He mostly came up with that. Um, but this would make this a rolling groan if you think it should be below 120, which, of course, is a higher number. And we simply don't have time to get into that. We're in a big rush. So, Aaron, tell me, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? Moon dance. I think this album is rolling. I'm going to start with my rating. I'm going to call it rolling well-toned. I do. I actually don't think it's better than Astro Weeks. I think Astro Weeks is more adventurous, a better constructed start to finish album as a, as a whole piece than this one is. Um, but I, this album's really good. The first half has some, some of the greatest songs that we've heard so far. And then the second half, I think is just like pleasant and nice. I think, we're getting into a stretch where pleasant and nice seems to be good enough. And hopefully that yep. changes. Like when we get to maggot brain, for example. Uh, so I'm, but I'm excited. I like this one. I'm going to call it rolling well-toned. Did you guys look at any of the TikToks I sent you this week? I never looked at your TikToks. No, not one no, this time. I, didn't. I don't want China getting a hold of my phone, Rob. You guys didn't look, you know, I'm, you know what the TikToks I'm sending you guys. One was the introduction of the best fender introductions, Russell, the best fender organ introductions. You're going to have to find a new platform to send your videos on then. I, I'm telling you guys, you're missing out. Cause right after that, there was a video about like large ass at the beach. And I was like, Hmm, <laughs> this algorithm has me figured out 100%. Uh, Russell, Rolling Well-Toned, Rolling Bone, or Rolling Grown, Van Morrison, Moon Dance. I really enjoyed this album. I'm with Matt. I thought the first half of the album was spectacular. And I actually, I think I liked the second half of the album more than you guys. I think a lot of the songs were fun. Aaron called them pleasant and nice. But if the, if the first half of the album is an all-timer or way up there and the second half is pleasant and nice, that's, to me, that's like an all-time album. And so... You've got the piano, the cymbals, the horns. You even have that triangle at the end, Rob. That triangle. I wasn't uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> you got his voice, which is so unique. This is such an enjoyable listen. You know, we've talked about all these albums before, and I was like, if the first hundred albums didn't exist, could you tell me this was the greatest ever? I could say yes. Like, 
This to me wow. should be way higher on the list. This is super enjoyable. <laughs> I would come back and listen to this again. Put this on during brunch, Aaron. Is it a perfect album for brunch? It's Hell a yes. brunch album. Agree. Is it a good album if you're having a cocktail? Hell yes, it's a good album for having a cocktail. I think you can listen to this a ton of different places in your life, and it's super enjoyable, super fun list, and I think it's rolling boned. It should be way higher on the list. It's a vibe. This is a college vibe album. Put it on. Be cool. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? And remember that Couldn't mini Van it. Morrison joke I made earlier. Very good. Couldn't say it much better than Russell there. Uh, as my thoughts have been well known that the first side of the album, unbelievable. So I'm, I'm, Russell, you rod me around to the second side, right? Like, I think it's just that I'm so used to saying, oh, I'm just going to, I'm done. I'm just going to go back to the beginning, right? I'll just start that all over again because these five songs are so great. But that's where I get caught up. I should give the back half a little bit more love. But um, I do think this is, and I think I said this during Astral Weeks, that this is a, a, a better album, in my opinion. And I certainly understand when people like Astral Weeks better. So I'm going to say absolutely rolling bone should be, this would be like a top. 20 album for me. I'm with I had you, to man. do my own list. Yeah. I'm with you. I would I, definitely come back and listen to this. And I was even thinking like, I started thinking about my top five. I knew it didn't go up there, but I was like, could I like this more than Jagged Little Pill or the Amy Winehouse album? I said, no, but I really enjoyed it. Like this is way up there for me. I'm with you, Matt. I think it's great. In fact, unfortunately you guys are incorrect. Shit. Okay. This is a rolling, this is a rolling redemption. Okay. Redemption? This, yeah. Oh. Most, most of the albums we cover are the artist throwing off the shackles of everybody telling him what to do and finally making an album that is like artistically his vision. This is the exact opposite where he did that. And everybody's like, boo, you suck. And he's like, okay, here's some crap that you'll eat up. You little pigs. And he was right. This is really good. This is the slop I want. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Uh, is there a lesson there for our podcast? Absolutely not. Okay. We will continue to make something that is almost impenetrable. Okay. You cannot pick this up at any other episode besides like three. So too bad. You guys are all in a special club and you're stuck listening to us. That's the way it is. Next up. This is the album, and I hope this is the one where he, him and his fat friend meet uh, Frankenstein's monster. And they go, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, it's Elvis Costello, this year's model. <laughs> oh, I'm, a little, I'm not going to be able to make it, guys. I'm a little sick. I won't be, a, we won't be around for that one. <laughs> it's pretty ballsy to be an artist named Elvis, isn't it? I don't like it. Was that, was that not his given name? I don't know. Even if it is, I think you got to change it. <laughs> Just like my son, George that Washington Jr. <laughs> my daughter, Edda James. No, Russell, come on. You got to have a joke. Well, I was going to do something about, well, if you're a cousin of a cousin on the one side, technically I'm not impenetrable. Oh, oh. <laughs> God, we got to get out of here. <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> ah, I would love to listen to this very good podcast about Van Morrison. I love him. I wonder what they're talking about. You know what I would love is a little, little tuba at the end, a little goodbye, and a little triangle that flows about. This is too much, guys. We're, we're starting another bit that we can't. Well, we can we can enjoy the bits anytime, Rob. Yes, that's true. It's time to say goodbye. goodbye. So stupid. <laughs> I am great. <laughs> Very good, Rob. <laughs> so impressive. That was fun. The podcast oh. now ends with a ding.